Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Herrera, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Uncensored. If you like what you hear, at the end, please rate and subscribe. That would be greatly appreciated. You can also follow me on Twitter, where I post all these podcasts at It's Matt in LA. Also, follow us on Facebook. You could type in Los Angeles Sports Express or just at LASXP. And also follow the LASXP sports page on Twitter as well, at the LASXP. Now let's get the show on the road. Welcome to the second episode of Rams Uncensored. I'm your host, Matt Herrera, with Brian Druano, as always. Making a special guest appearance this week is Mark Lujan. The one and only. The, the one and only Mark Loser Han, is that it? <laughs> is that a good enough start for you too, Brian? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, I, I didn't it's, know when it's solid. Chopping it up. Well, yeah. Let's okay. So let's talk about this Rams game. Last week, when I posted our first podcast of Rams Uncensored, I said that you were wavering in confidence because, but you, like you said, you really weren't. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I think you were. But you you just stressed your worries about the offensive line, Brian, right? And, I mean, they came and dominated against Dallas. Let's get our reactions about that first. Did you guys think, Brian, did you think that we were going to muck up that defensive front and the their linebackers as well, as well as they did? Uh, this goes back to last season as far as what my thoughts on this is. When the Rams fall in love with passing the ball, the offensive line will fall apart because they keep going to the play action pass and the linebackers, nobody's biting on it. So I thought if the Rams would stick to running the ball, giving Gurley the ball 20 plus times or whoever CJ Anderson, obviously if you put the combined rush effort, I think it was like 40 plus rushing attempts. Yeah. I, I think, I think I thought that we could definitely hold together and have a great game. But knowing that Sean McVay gets a little pass happy with his play call sometimes, that's where I kind of have that not so sure sure game. Fair enough, fair enough. What about you, Mark? Did you expect the Rams just run all over that that Dallas defense that was getting a lot of hype across that week and and they were just they dominated with Ezekiel Elliott, and we also shut him down too. So we we really went against the grain of what the whole narrative was uh, all week leading up to the Rams and, and Cowboys matchup. I didn't so much think that we would dominate the way that we, we did. Um, I didn't think that it would be a game where Goff didn't really have to do a whole lot. So it was a bit surprising. But, you know, if we could replicate this against the Saints this week, you know. That's the formula, it'll, right? It'll, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a win playoff football. You got to run. Everybody knows that. And all week, the analysts on NFL Network, ESPN, they've been saying the Saints have not given up a 100-yard rusher. So I'm going to be confident and say that changes this week. And, I mean, if we – if like I looked at Jared Goff's stats. He only threw for about I think it was like 165. Didn't have a touchdown pass. I mean Mahomes didn't have a touchdown pass this past weekend either. But if we're going to win, I would rather see our team win down and dirty with the run game with 
with our fat men up front just being able to push and control everyone who they can and who they want because Jared Goff, he had a few bad throws, nothing really special. Um, I mean, that that touchdown that was ended up being a dropped catch by Brandon Cooks was a really nice throw, um, but he wasn't able to – Cooks wasn't able to reel that one in. So, I mean, if I, I'm just thinking of the – Patriots dynasty and how that started. Tom Brady wasn't marching down the field with his dink and dunk offense that they do now. They were running the ball. They relied heavily on Kevin Falk, if I recall, and their running game and their ability to use, you know, just two backs, which is something that they still do till this day. But yeah, I, I really feel the running game, like what we've been talking about, it's going to be a big factor in this game. I mean, you guys have been seeing my tweets all week. Just saying that C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley are the matchup over Kamara and Ingram. Um, those guys are really two with the Saints. What they have in the backfield with those two guys, it's something really special. And with the Rams being able to get that late addition of C.J. Anderson, I just think that just changed the whole level, the whole game, really, for the Rams. And we can pretty much what happened in the last month of the regular season for the Rams. I feel like we can just give that a wash. That was just Sean McVay trying different things. And which is why we saw the offense get out of rhythm. Matt, were you even alive when the Rams played the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Yeah, man. Come on. I got that. I'm on VA on videotape. My dad recorded that game. Did you watch it from a scrotum or what? what? Come on. I was born in 92. I was alive for the, the Super Bowl in St. Louis in 99 and the greatest show on turf. Doesn't mean I was watching. So you were like in, you were in like second grade and you were like, Dad, can we watch SpongeBob SquarePants? I mean I was <laughs> during the Super Bowl of ninety nine, I recall playing in one of the guest bedrooms, jumping off the sleeping mats we had. Just <laughs> that's just what me and my brother were doing. And then the Rams won and I was like, Cool, there's a cake and I know we get to eat this. And then after, like, I ended up catching the end, the end of the game, and seeing just how my family reacted. And I think that's what got me in and reeled me into the football world. Because low key, low key, when I was like four, five years old, and I didn't know, didn't know shit about football, right? I loved my grandfather, my mom's dad, and he was a big Niners fan. Low key, I have myself as like four or five years old in a windbreaker outfit of. 49ers gear. So all I got out of that, besides the fact that you're a Niner fan, low key, <laughs> you're a fat kid that loves cake. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you really admit on a podcast that's going to be on Twitter later. I was five. Should we continue this, even? We're going to make it viral. Life's all about choices, Matt. Hey, and I didn't know shit when I was five, all right? But when the Rams won a Super Bowl and Allegedly. it was the team that was in my family for years, I was like, hey, this is cool. And then I subsequently fell in love with basketball the same year because Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal were just amazing. And I, I was always a Dodger fan, just always big baseball. You, you fell, okay, hold on. You, you fell in love with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. What, were you four years old when they came out? Well, in 97, yeah, but when I started watching them and they started winning championships in 99, I was, yeah. I was really a big yeah. D-Fish fan, honestly. You were seven, bud. Yeah. 
hey, I've been following this team for 19 years. I know. I'm just I'm just laughing. You're you're talking about all, all this love and what brought it. And I'm like, man, you were seven years old, man. You, did you even comprehend that, or were you looking for your next like Jello pudding snack? <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was doing. The the latter on that definitely. <laughs> But see, because of my awesome, amazing father, as you guys know, he ended up buying that entire playoff run through 99 on DVD when some guy just like illegally burned it onto DVDs and he bought it off of eBay. And I just, you know, as I in my teen years and I'm like, I need to watch these games again and really understand what happened. And, you know, watching that crazy game that they played against the Vikings and that I remember they were saying that the Edward Jones Dome was a loud atmosphere for that opposing quarterback. They were showing all the speakers in the Vikings helmet. And then wasn't that, uh, wasn't that when Jeff George was the quarterback? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I remember that game. And then the Bucks game, that that one's a bit of a snoozer, but obviously Ricky Prohl came up with some awesome heroics. It was a bit of a nail biter until yeah. Like, down with that catch. See, I and, I and I see like Mark. I see you posting about that Super Bowl running and Jonah as well. You guys talking about your reactions, like you know, I was. I, I don't even know if I was watching those games when they were live. Oh, I was watching them. Yeah, the intensity of that Bucks game was uh, was unreal. I mean, yeah, there wasn't a lot of points put up, but I mean, it was just <laughs> the defense <laughs> all the way. That play by Ricky Prohl, it was just <laughs> amazing. And let's be honest, if there was a booth review now, that pass that uh, Sean King threw to Bert Emanuel, that might have freaking upheld and that we might not have won that game. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, with today's uh, reviewing and refs, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but I can tell you that Super Bowl win definitely catapulted me into following the Rams, and I was crushed when they lost to the Saints in 2000 in the first round of the playoffs. And then the next year, of course, I was one of the biggest followers. You know, I remember going to Catholic school at, at, on Monday nights, and the Rams were playing quite a bit on, on Monday nights back in 2001, I, I, I remember. And I would be wearing my Marshall Falk jersey to class and being like, I, wanna, I wish I'd be watching this football game. I don't be, need to be learning about Jesus right now. Matt, did you have like a, a touch you in the wrong place? What? I was taught by nice women. All right. The priest got the ruler. The the priests no were really never in class. No, no Catholic priests. Nothing. Not, just uh, when I no no did fondling. My first confession. So let's talk about this game. Like, what do you guys see going on with this game coming up this weekend? Like, do you see the Rams dominating? Do you see the Saints coming out and stuffing our run? What, what kind of game are we looking at? I think the Rams are going to come out slow in the first half, but they're going to be keeping up, keeping that Saints offense low scoring in the first half as well. And the Rams have always been a better second half team since Sean McVay's come just been the head coach and been in charge and and especially this year they've really popped in the second half i i expect them to score at least 20 points in the second half alone so i think they're gonna have over 30 points in the game i just feel like they really gotta they gotta get out to a fast start i don't know if they are though uh to really quiet down that superdome because if last weekend against the eagles we saw the the eagles quite that that the the fans were a non-factor for like the first entire half. So honestly, I mean, I look at this game 
and I see a Saints team that's been pretty dominant all year, but I also see a Saints team in the last six games that's only averaging about 19 points a game. So I, I think Drew Brees, he's getting old, and you could see it. You could see it on that first play of the game against the Eagles last week when he threw that ball to uh, Ted Ginn Jr. He's wide open and way under threw him and got picked off. Drew Brees doesn't have the arm strength. He needs to get that ball out quick, and he can't throw it deep. So, I mean, if the Rams can hold their ground and really force him to make some deep throws and let Aaron Donald get at his feet, I think it could be a long day for those guys. And I think the Rams know for a fact they can score on him. And it might not be running the ball. we got to stick to running the ball to get that play action. But the, the Saints' corners, that's where they're vulnerable. Even even Marshawn Lattimore, everybody talks about him being good, but he's kind of stiff in the hips. If you get him in a double move, that guy is going to get burnt. Same with P.J. Williams. Same with same with Eli Apple. That freaking secondary of their shit is fucking dog shit. Yeah, I've, I saw something earlier where they they have three cornerbacks who have allowed the most yards. But now I don't know how many games. I guess since Eli Apple has been there, so yeah, they're definitely uh, weak at that position. And if you remember going back to the, the game in week nine, they only mustered three points in that second half until that Marcus Peters miscue. So yep. um, I, I, I think the Saints are at a disadvantage here, in all honesty, because, I mean, they weren't really impressive in that second half of the last game. And they know that we could score on them just as easily as they – did on us in the the first half of that game before we made adjustments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, like you were saying, Brian, the last few games of the regular season for the Saints, it was rough for them. I mean, they were playing their starters in Week 17 against the against the Carolina Panthers, and they had a third string quarterback. Yeah. It was just. It was they, just they, played, they played the stars on defense, yes, but not on offense. Right. Right. So yeah, on the defensive side, and they were getting. They were getting manhandled by that team, and they're a run-heavy he- team as well. So, and especially with a third third-string quarterback, you know they're not going to be passing the ball week seventeen when they're just trying to get by and get through healthy, really, with those players. Yeah, I mean, I'm not scared of the Saints at all. I mean, yeah, can they beat us? Obviously, any team that gets to the NFC Championship can beat any team at this point. But right. I'm honestly not. Scared. Now, do you think getting past this game is going to be harder if we, you know? and do indeed win this weekend, be harder than any of the two AFC opponents that are left that we'd be playing in the Super Bowl? I think whoever we play, I mean, I think the Chiefs would be the biggest disadvantage because they've already played us, so they, they know what they could do differently. The Patriots, they're the Patriots, man. Like, they, for whatever reason, they just come alive in January and February. So, I mean, that would be a tough one, too. I think the Patriots are the easiest of the easier of the two matchups, to be honest with you, because I mean, look at the talent that they got around them. They don't have that much talent on offense, really. But the Chiefs, man, they got they're stacked. Right. This the Chiefs have a whole bunch of skill guys, whereas the Patriots will just dink and dunk their way down the field, and it sucks. So obviously, with the defense played pretty well, stopping the run last week. Do you see them taking a similar approach against the Saints? Is it going to be different? We're going to play more coverage and stack the box. How, how do you see that going? Well, first off, let me say that the Chargers suck about as bad as Mark's haircut. 
but um, <laughs> definitely, um, I, I I think they definitely need to play the run. I mean, they had great gap assignment last week, so that was awesome. So I think they need to do that because I think the Saints are going to come out and try to establish the run with Ingram and get Kamara on the edge. So if they could stuff that. Um, secondly, I think they need to figure out a game plan for Michael Thomas, maybe put uh, a key on him and then maybe like have or somebody else like over the top and, and double team him and then really keep you know make sure Ted Ginn doesn't get behind that defense so I, yeah I think I think honestly the Saints don't have that many good skill position players people are fucking blowing them up and they're not that fucking good I'm sorry yeah Drew Brees he's an all-time great but he's 40 years old and his arm's about to fall off to me, it's all about containing Kamara. I mean, for for that's kind of like what my similar thought was against the Bears. We need to be able to contain that the fastest player on their offense, their most dynamic player, which was Tariq Cohen against the Bears. And Joyner did a good job at that. In Week 9, the Saints, they were getting this healthy gains, and they were just moving the ball consistently to get first downs. And I think, yeah, the only way is to stack the box and get drop Joyner down and essentially have Joyner shadow Kamara because he's like the only fastest guy on our side of the defense that can really keep up with him. So did you just say Joyner's the key player of the game? For that matchup, yeah, I do. I feel like that that's that's true. You know, he hasn't done extremely well as we've seen him do like last year. He was a lot better playing in his position that he is in now that he's you would think he would do better his second year in playing safety. But I mean, I just think he's going to be the guy to keep their speed guys as not only just Kamara, but as well as like Ted Ginn. So who's the matchup we want after we take care of business on Sunday? We want to, we want to get a rematch against the Patriots or rematch a Monday night against the chiefs. I don't give a shit, man. I just want yeah, to, get to I just want to get there. Look at you guys. You guys too afraid to make a prediction. You guys too afraid to say, to to seal a deal? No, I just know that last year I really wanted to play the freaking Falcons in the first round, and Falcons came out and stomped us. So I'm not going to say I want to play anybody. I'm just going to come out. If you're going to be a champion, you got to beat whoever's in front of you. So it doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, I got to agree with Brian on that. I'm not really a uh, one for preference of who we play. It's you know, no matter who. It happens to be we got to get through them to achieve the goal, no matter what. You guys are a bunch of coach speak over here. Have some fun. I'll have some fun, dude. When you get hammered and you don't remember where you're at, I'm gonna drop my balls on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? I, th- you know what I think? I think the Patriots are, and the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl, and we're and the it's going to be a passing of the torch from Brady and Belichick to Goff and McVay, and they are going to go on a twenty-year unstoppable run. And I call it a tea bag. <laughs> Maybe some squirt gun action. <laughs> None no, of that gotta shit. Got to do what you got to do. Little dirty Sanchez. <laughs> Prediction on the scores, boys. I'll go um, 38-30. Rams win. I think it'll be 
35-33. Rams take it with a with a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter down. All right. I'm going to go a little off with this. I'm going to go 27-13 because I just don't think the Saints are going to be able to put up any points, but I think the Rams are going to keep it on the ground and keep it somewhat low scoring. Well, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Rams Uncensored. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Matt Herrera, alongside Brian Juano and Mark Lujan. Thanks again, everybody. Please make sure, if you enjoy this podcast, to rate and subscribe. People like to just hear people fucking talk shit. <laughs>